Hello and welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Now, BetterHelp, they're an online therapy provider. Now, therapy, don't know if you've heard, but it's actually a pretty cool thing to do because you get to understand your emotions, you get to understand what's going on in your head. If you're feeling like you're a bit all over the place, a therapist will be able to help you with that. Now, BetterHelp have actually provided that service to millions of people around the world and they've got plenty of testimonials saying so. I get such good feedback from people that have signed up through this link and it's an honor for me to be able to bring therapy to the attention of the people. So if you are getting a bit fed up with life or low mood or levels of anxiety that you're not comfortable with, then turning to therapy is only gonna be helpful for you. You can get 10% off as a need to read listener at BetterHelp dot com forward slash a need to read so once that month is up obviously you'd get to pay 10 percent more because that's how it works but if you go through eight weeks of therapy and your life hasn't changed i'll be very very surprised so the link will be in the description but that is betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read now if you like anything that i do if you like the podcast if you like the stuff that i do on instagram which is at a need to read with the number two not the word by the way then head over to patreon.com forward slash a need to read and you get to get bonus episodes and join the book club. Next month's book club is about to start obviously on the 1st of April and we'll be reading Surrounded by Idiots by Thomas Erickson. On there there's a few bonus episodes, you get two a month and you just get to be part of a gang, a book gang, non-violent of course. If that sounds like it's up your street, it's three ninety nine. just head to patreon.com forward slash a need to read. And you can join the gang. But without further ado, let me introduce you to you the conversation that I had with the wonderful Jamie Clements. But before I do that, you might just want to turn it down because it is very good sound. Jamie from the Man Down podcast. Jamie, my mum's favourite breathwork man. Welcome to a Need to Read. Yep. But we'll get into that in a second. Thank you for having me, mate. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm pretty good, mate. How are you? I'm, I'm all the better for hearing that your mum does my breath work. That's all I can say. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing well, mate. Uh, it's been been a busy week. I don't like kind of saying busy is like when people ask how I am, but it's all good stuff. There's a lot of exciting, a lot of exciting shit going on at the moment. So I'm, I'm all good. Yeah, I'm all good. Nice. Nice. That's good. Um, I will make an admission firstly. She doesn't do the breath work she just likes you as a person from when I came on your podcast. She's like, oh, I like, I like that, Jamie. Because I was like, oh, I'm doing a podcast with Jamie on your favourite breath work. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I like Jamie. He yeah. seems like a nice boy. You know, mum's like, always oh, a I'd nice boy. That. Yeah, mums love me. That's uh, <laughs> that's always a, always a good place to start. And mums know, for the most part, as well. So that's always good to be liked by mums. Absolutely. I think, um, yeah, good judge of characters. Are, are, well, my mum definitely is, and it sounds like your mum is as well. <laughs> yeah, you would you would say that, wouldn't you? But um, look, for, for those who don't know you, obviously that's not me and that's not my mum. Um, what's your name? Where'd you come from? <laughs> and the rest. <laughs> sounds sounds like, um, what's that show? Oh my God, I've forgotten. The one with Paddy blind McGuinness dates. and all the, all the lights. Oh. Yeah, like Blind Date or um, what's it called? Oh, what is it? No likey, no lighty. What is it called? Mm, take me out. Take me out. Yeah. So, hiya, guys. My name's Jamie, and I'm from London. Um, oh God, we can, <laughs> Come on we down. can edit that out. <laughs> um, I yeah, won't, no, but... Jamie, Jamie Clements. I'm. Um, what am I? Um, I am a, a breathwork coach, as we've kind of mentioned in passing. Also, a big mental health advocate and podcaster, host of a podcast called Man Down, um, aka the Anti Man Up movement, focused on yeah men's mental health, masculinity, all things vulnerability. Um, also, yeah, founder of the Breath Space, which is my breathwork brand and, and practice, and about to start a very exciting new job within the mental health space. Um, depending when this goes out to the world, but yeah, a very exciting new role within within the mental health space. Oh, sick! Well, I didn't know that. So this will be going out next Thursday, um, which will be don't know the date, but it will like maybe like the twenty sixth or twenty seventh. So we have started by then. Is it an announceable thing? I guess it is announceable. I've handed in my notice, so I, I don't really know um, 
who's going to tell me off. So yeah, I'm basically, I'm starting a role as entrepreneur in residence for a, an early stage mental health business called Mind Up. So um, yeah, really, really exciting. Uh, basically a platform geared towards moving away from a one size fits all approach to mental health, very much thinking about holistic mental health. So um, excited to be joining those guys mid April um, and just buzzing, to be honest, to be able nice. to move more into a space that I, I really love. So um, yeah, no, all, all very exciting. Oh, that's amazing, mate. Well, congratulations for that. Cause I know that um, you, you were trying to cut down your hours and stuff and, and focus more on your breath work. And I suppose this will allow you to do that a little bit more. Yeah, it's going to be, um, I think, a bigger time commitment uh, or it's still going to be full time, basically. But I think, and what I've kind of spoken to the guys at Mind Up about is that it's all going to sort of mesh together and overlap quite nicely so like we're going to try and collaborate and mm. bring a bit of their branding to my podcast we're gonna um you know i'll be able to do to offer breath work to their clients and so it's all just like fitting pretty perfectly together um and just sort of yeah very much coming to life in in a way that you know i might not have seen my my kind of next year going but i'm it feels very much like it fits with with what i want to do mate that's sick well if you give out something somewhere or give back to you and i'm assuming kind of this is what's what's happened because you're obviously you're making good moves in terms of like the men's mental health and the podcasting space with that because it's a conversation that like people always talk about it they're like oh well men's mental health is so important normally people like no blokes actually seem to give a fuck about it which is the annoying thing um yeah it's been um it's been really interesting. I've had quite a lot of conversations, obviously, in light of what's happened the last couple of weeks in in the UK with the Sarah Everard story. Um, mm. A lot of conversations about sort of my listenership of the podcast. And it's always, you know, demographically, it's people our age. But gender-wise, you know, when I created the podcast, I thought it was going to be pretty much male only because it was, you know, conversations mm. with men, for men, by men, um, not in like a negative way, but the, it's always been 50-50. And I, I asked the women that listened, I sort yeah. of put a, a question out on on Instagram being like, why why do you listen? Like, what is the, what's the motivation? And without fail, everyone that responded was like, I want to learn how to support the men in my life better. And I think that speaks, you know, very mm. highly of, of the feminine without going into like the depths of masculine and feminine yeah. energy, but like it very much speaks to that empathy and that compassion that, um, women I feel are, are able to tap into a little bit more naturally. Um, so yeah, it's been, um, it's been really interesting to kind of be in this space for the last couple of years. Yeah. Oh, that's sick, man. And where, where did it all begin for you? Like, why did you turn to breathwork? Breathwork is quite a rogue thing. And I've only experienced it like a, a little bit in Bali. And and the reason I went to breathwork was because somebody told me you get pretty trippy. And I was like, hey, if I don't have to take anything to get to that point, I'm, you sign me up right up. So I went to a couple when I was in Bali one of them was insane and like i remember halfway through like my hands were super hot and my hips were getting really hot and it was really really uncomfortable but like i stopped after like 45 minutes of pretty intense breathing and then just i just went to space and it was insane and then the second time i went really put me off because there was some guy there i think he was like oh, fuck knows where he was from but he was just the most irritating man in the world because he just spoke so much. He was like an extra on Vikings or something and he wouldn't shut mm. the fuck up about it. And he was just like, whilst he was doing it, he was like making so much noise and I just couldn't block it out of my head. And then I was annoyed at myself for being so weak minded that I couldn't block it out of my head. And then I was still, that was me done. So, um, two experiences with it, two very different experiences with it. What, like what hooked you into that and made you then want to share it with people? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, similar, I think, to experiences that I've had because, you know, the, and this is what I emphasize to people when I, when I teach is that every experience will be different. There'll be some similarities. There'll be some, some commonalities between your experiences, but most times it will be very, very different. And the experience can be, you know, super cathartic, very emotional. It can be fucking trippy. It could be 
almost like nothing's happening uh, and just like a real state of peace and calm. Um, but it is difficult and I've had difficult experiences with, you know, when there's sound being made when you're doing it in a group session and it comes back to, and this might be something we can get into, like the links between what's going on in your brain and the type of experiences you have with breath work on, on an extended level and psychedelics and that's where i think that crossover starts to come in mm. um and the importance of the space that you're in the set that you're the mindset that you're in going into it and the environment that you're in for the experience mm. um but for my i yeah. guess my story with it um so i kind of came to it by accident so i was um battling with my mental health um struggled with depression, anxiety, and, and panic attacks on and off for about 10 years until I was 25. And I just sort mm. of had at the start of end of 2018, start of 2019, um, just like I needed to sort, I needed to sort myself out. And so I started going to therapy and that really helped. And then I just started taking a bit more accountability and responsibility for my mental health. So I was actually like doing things to help myself. Yeah. And so try getting into meditation um exercise played a big role and i was going to this fitness studio and doing a bit of yoga and, and the like there and um the head coach who i know quite well now was like oh why don't you stick around for for breath work and i was like the fuck's that um and he was like no just just mm. give it a try and um so i stuck i stayed and had like a nice experience nothing to it like out of the ordinary and just sort of kept with it because I felt like there was something there. I was like, this is clearly doing some benefit. And then I went to an event back end of 2019. Um, it was a men's event. So there's people like big talk about masculinity and um, vulnerability. And then we did an extended breathwork session at the end. And um, I just had, it was about 90 minutes and had just like the most incredible um emotional catharsis but also quite uh trippy experience and um in the last kind of 20 30 minutes felt just this bliss state that was happiness that i'd never like felt in my life before and i i always come back to this quote that i i stumbled upon on a on a podcast a few months ago that is um you have mm. to go there to know there and basically I had to experience that happiness, that feeling that of bliss to know that that kind of happiness was possible in my, my actual life. And that was such a big shift for me to be like, okay, I, I can be, yeah. I can be happy. Um, and so it played a huge, a huge role in kind of mm. building this, this holistic approach to my own mental health. And then it's just stuck from there. And I just felt like this real draw and desire to be able to share that and give that to other people to be able to say, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a, a regular guy that this has really helped. And I, I want to be able to share that with, with other people. So, yeah. um, that's the, the shortest version, shortish version of, of the story. Yeah. Well, I mean, sounds pretty similar, just being a regular bloke and just got helped by something and then wants to share that. So it's, um, I know a guy who's done similar, right <laughs> but with but with books um i like what you said there about the accountability thing like when it comes to your mental health because i think uh, it's it's often overlooked that at some stage you have to kind of look in the mirror and be like hey bro you feel pretty sad like what are we actually going to do about this because like for me for a long time i felt like pretty sad and i'll just go out every weekend or like i'd go to a rave and i just wouldn't come back for like three days just like obviously messing with the chemicals in my head and not putting them in a place where they would need to be when i'm feeling in that way and i like i remember i went into work once on a monday and my work mum legend called trudy she uh she was like oh you know you're not helping yourself right and i was like damn I guess I'm not. And and it's that kind of accountability. I think when you, when you hit that wall and that wall turns out to be a mirror that you have to look in for a bit, that's when you are like, shit, this is where I need to just take it, just take this into my own hands, you know? And it's, it's cool to see like you you had that point and, and you think quite similarly in that sense because, yeah, like I said, I think it's quite often 
overlooked. Well, what would you say in terms of like accountability? Do you see many people taking that accountability or do you see a lot of people just sort of complaining uh, with the information there available to them and just not doing anything? Yeah, I think there's there's a couple of a couple of bits that came up for me there. So I think I I would love to sit here and say, you know, I was in a really dark place and pulled myself out of it of my own accord, all on my own, and I am so great and well done me. And it's just that would just be a lie. Hmm. Um I was in a really dark place yeah. at the end of 2018 and it was, you know, we've we've talked about mums already so far, but it was my mum who actually was like do you want me to find you someone to help you? And I was like, I, I wasn't even like, yes, please. I was like, whatever. Like, I just wasn't in a place to accept that help or even yeah, ask yeah, for yeah. it. And I just, that for me was the push that I needed a little bit like your conversation with, with your work mom is just like someone to hold that mirror up for you long enough. So you can start to like, see what you need to see. And then from there, that's when you can start taking that accountability. And I think the issue that I see for a lot of people, and I've definitely seen for myself, and it comes, it really hit home for me when I read Atomic Habits at the start of this year, um, which I know is, you know, for, for mm. a lot of people, like a bit of a, a bit of a Bible when it comes to, to personal development. Um, and it was about yeah. basically this, this idea of sort of not overnight, um, basically not seeing this as an overnight thing and very much viewing it as a process. So knowing that, um, yeah, all of these small things like these, it might've felt like nine months into 2019, I suddenly woke up and felt better, but it was actually all of the tiny small elements of accountability that I took the, the habits that I built, the changes that I made in my everyday life that then add up to what is seemingly an, an overnight change. Um, and a big shift. So I think that for me is where I see like people will try so many different things and feel like maybe they're not making progress. And then all of a sudden, um, they, they don't find themselves getting out of that place and it then becomes harder to get out of there. So I think it's about, yeah, taking that, that view that you need to really be responsible and it's for you, for yourself. And, you know, it's not necessarily, we all need to look out for each other without a doubt, but at the end of the day, it is on you as Mm. an individual. Um, but we do need to still pull each other up at the same time. And there's so much, um, I think, support to be taken from seeing other people doing their own work and, and like making changes in, in their lives. Mm. So, yeah, it's like leading by example. I The other day, my sister texted me and she was like, oh, I've just, um, I've just done meditation. Um, Siri, no bad bad behavior um she texted me and she was like oh, i've just done um 10 minutes meditation 20 minutes yoga and like 10 minutes of my back exercises and i've journaled and she's like i feel great and i'm like it's been a year of me like solid morning routine for my sister to cotton on but like i was never going to be able to tell her to do all that stuff you just have to like show them like for me especially she's seen the difference in like <laughs> from what i was before i went to australia in like 2019 to where i am now and for me to be like this this is what's got me there is all these tiny little things like you do have to lead by example and then people people will go there on themselves like I, it's a very weird space that me and me and you are in right because we're telling people to do things like knowing full well that like they may not listen and even if they choose to listen they may choose not to act um and i think a lot of people actually like give up responsibility when they're thanking someone like if i'm sure you get messages all the time like, oh thanks jamie like this podcast and this really helped me choose this and it's like hey nah like you you actually made that choice um it's like morpheus in the matrix He's like, I can only show you the door. Like, you have to decide to walk through or, like, take a horse to water, um, but you can't make him drink. Do you have any people in your life that you're, like, desperately trying to get to do this and they're just not listening? It's like talking to a brick wall. Honestly, I think um, – I, I I don't think I've given up, but I've, I've taken a step back from trying to, like, evangelize and trying to – 
talk people into doing stuff because mm. where I've seen where I've seen the changes in the people that I know and the people that I care about is off as you said like it's off of their own back it's 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 yeah. seeing you do it or seeing you talk about it like if I think about some of my like closest guy friends um we've had conversations about their mental health because they know I'm talking about mental health, not because of something that I've specifically said, mm. but just because I'm in that space. And they're like, yeah. okay, I feel comfortable now to have this conversation with you. And that is by almost by proxy, the change that I'm trying to make because I just want guys to be having these conversations. And it is, it comes down to, you know, leading by yeah. example, as, as you said, it's about, um, just doing it and and hoping other people might say, oh, if it worked for him, it might work for me. And it's the same with breath work. And that's the message I try and get across is that this isn't some, and I don't like the phrase woo-woo, but it's not some woo-woo bullshit. Like this is real. Like I'm as as regular a guy as, mm. as you'll come across and it in no uncertain terms like changed my life. So why would it not? have the potential to do the same for you. And if you actually, and this is the, the thing, it's like, if you actually want to change your life, and I think that's that's the thing with responsibility. Like you can listen to as many podcasts and read as many self-help books, but if you don't want anything to change, it's never going to fucking change. And so I think that for me is like, yeah. and, and that's where you start to see like, um, whether you want to call it what James Clear calls it in Atomic Habits, like identity-based habits where you're changing your concept of who you are and going from someone who identifies as yeah. I'm not a reader to someone who I just don't read at the moment. And and the same with like, you know, your whole, and the same with manifestation as well. It comes from the same place. You have to believe that you can do that thing. Otherwise it will never happen. So you have to have that mindset shift to actually want to yeah. really engage. And even if you do like do a breathwork session, you can't come into it and think like, oh, this is, oh, this is bollocks. Like can't be asked with this. Um, yeah. You have to be there and be willing to engage with it because I think that kind of skepticism really holds back, people back from, seeing that change in, in their lives and creating that change for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What is your stance on manifestation? Cause you did just say the M word then. I know. I, it, 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 it still holds stigma for me in the same way that I, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. still hesitate before I say that I'm a spiritual person less so now, but like I know Mm. because I would have turned my nose up at someone who uses the M word or the, or the S word two years ago, I would have been like, Oh, you're a bit of a prick, aren't you? Um, but now I'm like very much mm. like I, I, I run in these circles. I speak that kind of language at times. And I yeah, when it comes to manifestation, um, it's, I've seen it happen in my life. I've seen it happen in my life. Like I, um, mm. And I don't know. So do you believe it or not then, Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Um, I don't know. Okay. Don't ask, right. don't ask me it. how, how or why, but um, like yesterday, yesterday, for example, and like this, people might call this coincidence, but I've been thinking for ages that I would really like to have a famous musician who has struggled with mental health on my podcast. I've been like making lists of who I'd like to mm -hmm. have. And I got an email yesterday from someone at Columbia Records saying, do you want to have this musician on your podcast? And like out of the blue, no Boy, kind of, no sick. preamble. And it just happened. And and that for me, I was like, oh God, there's Mate. the M word again. It's like, I can't really ignore it anymore. Who, can you say who it is? I'm not going to say who it is. Just I'm just looking not, up Columbia Records at the moment. Just because it's not confirmed yet. Yeah, it's, 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 I am, I am getting One Direction back together. Oh, mate, imagine the amount of female attention you'd get if you did that. Yeah, I'm joining One Direction. Yeah. <laughs> Breathwork saved my life, turned me into 1D. Um, that's sick, mate. I, I like it when stuff like that happens. And I'm, I'm kind of in the same space as you. Like, I, I, I just don't know, like, Either. when I was living in Bali, Sinead got me to like write down my goals and we were asking why and why and like why do I want these things to happen? She she has this thing called Psy Goal, right? She's trademarked it. So it's say your goals out loud. 
and like I won't say the specifics of it, but like it was a financial thing. I was like, I'd like to be able to have earned like this much in one month. And then we did it, and then like a couple of days went by, again, no more money coming in, like four days before the end of the month. I was like, it's just not gonna happen, is it? And I was like, actually, no, come on, like this is why it's gonna happen. And like obviously the reason like why I do this is because I was lost and then I was found through reading, right? And that's what I want for other people. Like, I just know there's so many people without any fucking clue what's going on. And I'm like, you can literally find out everything you need to know from books. So you need to do that now. And anyway, end of the month comes and I've smashed through that target. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this is another thing. And like the audio book last year, I didn't put myself on like a voice artist, like websites, publicize it. Cause I was like, when the right one comes, like it will come. And I suppose like, whether you say you believe in manifestations or not, it's about that kind of trust in the process of it and trust in like, you're, you're only going to be served what you're ready to eat. Yeah. That sounds yeah, like a shit quote. Actually, I can't believe I, that. I've just said I, that out loud. I think that's, <laughs> that should be the, the little video clip that you put up for the episode. <laughs> that is brilliant. I love Ooh, that. That is um but i think i think you're right and i think i i would never sort of uh, occasionally maybe in in the right conversation i i don't really use the the m word regularly um mm. i believe that you within reason have the power to create the life that you want um what yeah. that looks like is kind of up to you and again that's kind of wanky but um I think it, they all tie together. So like I was reading James Clear and I was like, the way he's talking about identity-based habits sounds a hell of a lot like manifestation. And also old quotes like, the harder yeah. I work, the luckier I get. Like all of this stuff is much of a muchness, right? It's just like, if you know what you want and you're very clear yeah. on that and you work hard, things will start to come. Like people recognize that and things will start to come mm. your way. So it doesn't need necessarily a name. And I think, you know, manifestation does carry a stigma, but I think there is, you know, a bit of method to the madness in a way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And some people can get a bit carried away with it. I know someone who thinks they've manifested the coronavirus. Um, <laughs> Cheers for that. Yeah, fucking hell. And- <laughs> Like she, yeah, she wanted something to get in the way of something, and then all of a sudden there's a pandemic, and she's like, oh, "Oh no, I've done this." But I mean, yeah, actually, cheers for that because I've done all right out of it in a selfish way. Um, yeah. So let's let's talk about breath work in terms of can you can you can't can you do like a little demonstration of getting into the zone of breath work? Not like deep breath work but what we can do is just get people to do a few deep breaths and actually again it comes back to taking accountability become fucking mm. aware of how you're breathing and how it can be so simple to change how you feel um okay we could do that we can just get it. people to yeah go on then so we're just gonna i'm gonna do it as well because i feel like i could probably always always need it um but we're just gonna sit close down our eyes you can do this if you're walking as well because i know a lot mm. of people like to to walk and listen um and all you're gonna do is you're gonna turn your kind of inner gaze, your attention to a point just below your belly button. So you're gonna focus down on what you can feel there and you might already start to feel like your belly rising and falling softly as the, the breath flows. And then we're just gonna start taking some deeper, slower breaths down into that point. So you're gonna breathe into that point, feel the belly rise as you inhale and fall as you exhale. And we're just gonna start to slow the breath down As we start to slow the breath down, we're then going to move into just two rounds of something called coherent breathing. So it's going to be in through the nose for five and out through the nose for five. So we're starting to slow the breath down even further. So with me, when you're ready, we're just going to breathe in two, three, four, five, out, two, three, four, five, in, two, three, four, five, out, two, three, four, five. So I think if people feel free to open their eyes again, um, 
you know, when I talk to people, no, thank you, mate. Um, when, when I talk about breath work, like there is a full spectrum of different things we can do with the breath. And one of the, the nicest things I think about doing this work is that the minute I tell someone what I do, they already become aware or more aware of how they're breathing. And I always come back to the stat that everyone throws, throws around of like, we take over on average over 20,000 breaths every single day. But what we don't appreciate is that every one of those breaths is sending a signal back to our body and back to our brain to shift in a certain way within our nervous system. So if we're doing it in a, a shit way or like slightly dysfunctionally, it's going to impact how you feel. And it's so simple. People are always looking for like hacks. I want a hack for my life. I want a biohack. The breath is as close as you're going to get because it's so simple. Yeah. Um, so that's like one bucket, I guess, of breath work. And then the exciting stuff is the stuff we've already sort of touched on, which is like the deep work, um, which we can't really as much. We could yeah. just do a full episode of getting people like into into that space, but that that might take nah, a little no, while. No, 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 but... no. That's your job. You charge for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because people will just come to this podcast all the time. I just end up having That's like true. a million downloads on one episode. I'll be out of business. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be bad, but I, I, I don't want you. Yeah, you'd be out of pocket. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'd, do you know what? I'd thank you for doing that because what what I hoped would happen happened, and I just felt like a deeper sense of like calm. And I just I've done a podcast some on before it was unreleased because it got lost when my laptop broke in Bali, and they did something very similar um, from Yoga Nidra and did like a, a minute, and I was like, oh, I actually feel so calm. Like I need to get that with other people because when someone's listening to this podcast, like whenever they're listening to it next week or someday in the future, someone might really need that slow down. Mm. I think we all, I think we all do to a certain extent. Like I know that I, Mm. I, the reason I love this stuff is because I need this stuff. Uh, what was the quote? Mm. We're, we're only, we're, we can only eat what we're served yeah. or whatever bollocks <laughs> you came out with. <laughs> you only get given dinner when you're hungry or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, with this stuff, the stuff we are both passionate about are things that have massively helped us and it continues to help me. Like day to day, yeah. like I made a habit when I was, I was starting to feel like early stages of burnout a few weeks ago when I was just like, working constantly and not really taking care of myself and i just made a vow one morning i was like i'm going to write it there so it's in front of me after every single zoom call five minutes of slow diaphragmatic breathing and that just changed so much for me what was the shift like energy (sighs) or just mental state or just all of the above it's just that that ability to stop and pause. I think what I'm very guilty of is like I feel because it, it kind of ties to, and I don't know if you feel the same, like since I've sorted my mental health to a certain extent, like since I've improved mm. significantly over the last couple of years, I feel in comparison to the place I was in, almost unstoppable. Like I can do so much more than I've ever been able to do. Like I'm functioning mm-hmm. at a level that is so different to what I'm used to for the first, you know, for a, over a 10 year period. Um, and so with that yeah. comes a, a real danger that I might just do constantly and not stop. And that will come back to bite yeah, me. Yeah. I know okay. that. So actually being able to, to use what I know and actually one of the massive benefits of getting into this work has been, I'm very, again gonna sound like a bit of a dick very in tune with my nervous system and like how different things in my environment and Mm -hmm. what i put into my body like i'm very much aware of how my body is impacted so i can i feel like i can create shifts in how i'm feeling quite quickly um so just having that awareness of that and being able to tap into it myself has been has been key yeah yeah that's sick and like when when you do breath work yourself like in in the mornings or whenever you do it do you do it for long or is it not long at all it varies so like my my morning routine is is super important to me um and it's always made up of uh some combination of meditation breath work reading and exercise like those are my four things that are non-negotiable there might be days where i do two of them or one of them there'll be days where I do all four of them, but I have to do at least 
one of them and like I wake up quite a bit earlier than I need yeah. to so that I can have that time for myself um yeah. and yeah so like I'll do a, a self-practice sometimes for five minutes just to check myself I'll also do a self-practice once a month if I can that's 45 minutes and where I try and go a little bit deeper but there's an element of when you are doing it on your own and doing those deeper sessions on your own without someone holding that space for you you can't drop quite as deep because you need to your brain wants to keep you safe in a way like you're still trying to say stay in the space and, and look after yourself ah okay so it's it's a sense of like i suppose it's kind of like psychedelics really even though i probably prefer to be on my own than, than with a mate because i have no respect for my own safety but um <laughs> the like you like you need someone there just to allow you to surrender to it is it like in that sense i i would say there's a, a big element of that like i think you can get benefits from doing it yourself you really can like i wouldn't underestimate mm. that at all but if you want to go deep and this again is going to be completely unique and personal to the individual but if you want to go deep um to have someone there to hold the space to know what they're doing to hold that space for you because essentially what the process will often look like for someone is that you'll start doing the technique and your ego mind, your monkey mind will start to fight back and you'll get resistance and you'll be like, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. And that's just like back chat basically from, from your ego. And then if you stick with it, you get through that. Yeah. And then that's where you start to surrender and open up. But a little bit like, um, like an ayahuasca experience, um, you meet that resistance. I haven't done ayahuasca, so I don't know, but I've spoken to plenty of people who have. Um, yeah. You meet that resistance, yeah, but have. to get the value from it, you have to let go, you have to surrender, and it's exactly the same with breathwork. Yeah, yeah. Mate, the whole ayahuasca thing, like it's it's, it's not to be taken lightly, that kind of stuff. And I, and I went into it feeling and want, having wanted to for a while – and then was given the opportunity to do it. And I was like, hey, look, I'm not going to turn it down. I don't think I was actually in a good place to do it. I think it was, it was when I was really ill in January. I had this cyst on my ass. It was the most painful thing ever. And I was just sat there. I was actually speaking about like with someone this morning. I was just curled up in a ball crying and being sick. Like this stuff is like, it's, it's not dangerous. Like it won't kill you and it won't like alter your life in a negative way forever but like that four or five hours that you're doing this stuff like it, you need to be somewhere where you feel completely comfortable um and i suppose like if if there are the psychedelic possibilities in breathwork like like there, there are um it you do need to be in like a safe place and like um, i yeah. i always talk about psychedelics like i think they're sick i think they're way better than alcohol and i think if you could if i was a scientist and i was to choose to make one of those things legal I'll choose psychedelics every time over alcohol. Cause I think alcohol is super dangerous, but that doesn't matter. We're not, we're not in charge here. Um, you've got some books there about breath. I have so mate. Yeah. For I people was... that want to, um, people that want to learn a little bit more about it, obviously they would, they would follow you. And if, if they want to get a session in, um, I'm sure they can speak to you about that. But like where, where can people learn a little bit more about it? without yeah, having I've, to part I've got, ways with with the cash to actually do it because they don't yeah exactly bother. exactly um uh, so as you said i think you know the best way to to experience this stuff is to try it because it's mm. a physical experience but if i have a look yeah. at the books i've got here um so like entry level like mm -hmm. people who are curious there's a great book by a guy who's essentially like one of the the old masters of breathwork called dan brule um, and mm -hmm. it's called Just Breathe. So that is, um, it's weird. Every single one of these books is blue on the cover. Okay. Um, so there we go. So Dan Brule, Just Breathe is like short, insightful. Um, there's then this one called Breath. They've all got very imaginative names um, called Breath by James Nestor. By James um, Nestor, is it? Yeah. Mm. And um, that's, that that's brilliant. I yeah. Yeah. How how much do you focus? Because I've seen you tape your mouth shut before bed once. I wasn't with you, obviously, just for clarification for people. But like, do you do that on a regular basis? Do you tape your mouth shut to go to sleep to do nasal breathing? Every night. Yeah. 
Really? Yeah. Crazy. Tell me about that. Yeah. So um, it's as weird as it sounds for anyone who's going like, what is this guy talking about? <laughs> um, so very, very briefly, um, lots of us are chronic overbreathers, or to use the kind of derogatory term mouth breathers um if you've ever been called a mouth breather Ooh. it's actually like a phys- physical like uh it can be quite harmful to you in like minor ways but basically if we're over breathing we are breathing out too much carbon dioxide which means that we're not getting efficient and optimized oxygen delivery to ourselves and to our brain and to every every part of our body um so overbreathing normally happens when we're breathing in and out of our mouth. So if you sleep at night with your mouth wide open and like sort of go, <sighs> then you're probably overbreathing and you probably wake up feeling mm. tired with a dry mouth, lethargic, brain fog, like things that I've definitely felt before. Um, and I struggled a lot with um, sinus issues. Like I had a, a sinus operation before Christmas and that obviously opened up my my nasal Mm. passages a lot better um, without sounding too sexy. And so part of the reason behind (laughs) taking your mouth shut is that you um, basically trigger yourself into nasal breathing while you sleep. So you sleep, uh, you sleep, you breathe through your nose and you just wake up feeling fresher and better. Um, So that has been like a big, a big part of like the small changes that I've implemented from learning about this stuff. And have have you felt a difference, like in how you wake up? I would say so. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't say it's like significant, but again, it's it's one of these things that I've implemented, and along with mm. a lot of other changes that I've also implemented. So it's hard to say like it's exactly that, but it's part of yeah. the things that, and I, I'm sticking with it. So there must be there's something in there that's making me stick with it as well. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a bit of a weird one for people to get their head around. It can feel quite strange to begin with, but if people are waking up feeling super fatigued, very brain foggy, and with a dry mouth, then I'd encourage you to try it for at least a couple of months and just see if you get any any change. Yeah, that's the, I'm I'm going to try it. Do I have to have any specific type of tape? Uh, not really. The one I use um, is like a a white micro pore tape. You can get it off Amazon. Um, I'll send, I'll send it a picture to you afterwards so you can get the right one. But yeah, it's, um, it's pretty simple. There are like very specific sleep tapes. Um, but I've just gone for something a bit more rough and ready. Yeah. It's probably bullshit. The sleep tape is it. It's just, it's basically just that tape, but more expensive. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, those people. There are people out there that just want your money, and they'll they'll do anything to take it. (laughs) Right. So there's there's that on on nasal breathing, and like, where else is? Do you focus on nasal breathing when you're exercising as well? Yeah. Yeah. So I um, I'm not a particularly good runner. I've never been much of a runner, Um, but when I do run, which is probably like once a week now um Mm. i will do if i'm doing like relatively low intensity i'll I'll breathe in and out of my nose if i can because again it's just about optimizing oxygen delivery to muscles to your brain to all of your body Mm. yeah that's fascinating i'm gonna do some nasal breathing and maybe some breath work actually you've inspired me already i'm gonna chuck that out there we're only 42 minutes in well done um right what else is there then yeah, books, 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 books. Um, what's the so best? What's two, the best one? Well, actually, think, we, no, I'll let you do your order. <laughs> yeah, I think um, this is a great one by by my friend, um, guy called Richie Bostock, called Exhale. Um, that's like a very, very easy to digest, uh, but very informative. Uh, book that covers all of the like yeah. the full spectrum of breathwork and then like the real nerds if you want to get like super into this this world of and this is more like functional breathing uh the oxygen advantage so this is like like high high level Ooh, or I've really seen that bloke of, on instagram yeah yeah he's good he knows his shit um 
And then the other one that's not specifically about breathwork, but probably the best to read as far as the deeper, the reasons that we do breathwork on a deeper level. And this ties again to the, the chat we've had about psychedelics is um, The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. Um, it's, yeah. May I, I'm going to have to read this. Yeah, it's basically... Do you know how many people have mentioned that to me in the last yeah. few months? Yeah, it's basically a, a Bible that... Um, re basically just makes you rethink trauma emotions and how it how it is stored in the body and and what we can do to kind of do things a little bit differently um yeah it's really really great is it quite intense it's it's not a light read yeah it's not a light read it's quite um no it's information heavy is it Honestly, I'm, I'm really in need of a book at the moment and I'm, I'm, I'm not asking you for this, but like, I just need one that's less information heavy. I just read Jordan Peterson's book and oh my God, I just, I feel like I've got the brain the size of a pea and I just, I just want to chill out. Like I just, I want something to make me feel like I'm intelligent. I need to read like Alice in Wonderland again or Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm reading, um, what am I reading at the moment? I'm reading the four hour work week at the moment in the mornings and then mm. uh, the mid- midnight library before bed. Buzzing. How do you like the midnight library? Love it. So good. So, so good. How far in are you? I'm about halfway. She's just done um, the life where she's like an Olympic, Olympic gold medals winning swimmer and has to do that speech. Yeah, so the Midnight Library, I've spoken about this with Fliss on a podcast um, that we did before. So I'm hoping everyone that listens has, has read it by now. Um, if they haven't, I'll, like, I'll, please go and buy it because it's so good. What have you taken from it so far? That's what that's what I want to know, Jamie. It's a really, yeah, it's a good question, mate. I think the the biggest thing for me, I think, is around this idea of... Um, and I guess it's what the whole book is centered around about uh, kind of our potential and how there are multiple different paths we can go down. And I guess it comes back to this, this point mm-hmm. that we discussed about like creating your life. Like you do have a choice in, in what route you go down. And um, I love, Oh, what's that film? Oh, really good film. Oh my God. That's going to annoy me about time. the adjust the adjustment bureau. Have you seen that? Ooh. I, th- I I must have. Let me give it yeah, a quick it's basic, Google. It's basically, um, God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where they have the hats and they can only go through like certain yeah. doors. Um, and yeah, that for me, it's a little bit like that where like there are certain paths that you'll go down if you pick certain choices, but um, you do have a lot of, of say within that. Um so yeah, I think that's probably the biggest mm. thing is like around this idea of regret um and and just always moving forward, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the main thing for me was the regret. Because I, I always used to think of these multiple different lives that I could be living in. And I was like, actually, like the one where you get the most opportunity is the one that you're in right now. Because you like you can't go back and change those decisions, and it's it's so cliche. But I I don't know if you've heard me say this before, but I fucking love cliches because they're actually true. Mm. Like, oh, you can't go back in time. It's like, no, you actually can't. When you think about it, what's the point of fucking worrying about it? And I'd love if I'd love it if I could speak to me like when I'm worrying about something in the past or worrying about something in the future, um, which I'm I'm sure I can, but I haven't, haven't figured out how to do that yet. But that regret thing, man, it used to haunt me, like regret in different relationships, regret in different career paths, school, early, early decisions. I used to just think about them all the time, especially like three in the morning. I'd wake up and I'd be like, oh, remember when you kicked that basketball or a girl when you were 14? Bet you wish you didn't do that. And I'm like, yeah, I did. I do wish I didn't do that, actually. <laughs> There's just so many like different stages of my life where I've been a bit of a dick. I'm like, great. Can't change it. Can't change it. You um, you said then, I took the mic then, you're the guest here. You're the important one on this episode. Your reading habit sounds like you're doing a bit of uh, fiction in the nighttime 
nonfiction in the morning. How long have you been doing it for? It's recent is what I'll say. Yeah. So I I was basically, the habit I was trying to build was reading in the morning and in the evening. Um, mm. And then I realized if I was reading um, four-hour work week before I went to bed, then my brain was thinking of all of these get-rich-quick schemes that I want to implement in my life and all of the things that I'm learning and trying to like mm. put into place. And that's not very helpful in getting to sleep. And I actually was sleeping pretty poorly and i don't know if that was it was just that but it was definitely a factor and i've also and this is probably thanks mm. to you you'll be happy to hear um like midnight library is probably the first fiction i've read in a very long time um and so yeah i've also got one you recommended on my bookshelf staring at me called skippy dies oh mate i can love that especially for like Anyone that was once a teenage boy to read that book, you're like, oh, this is great. And it's quite a big book as well. It actually took me ages to finish, but it was so good. Um, shout out to Irishman Paul Murray, the author Paul of that Murray, one. Yeah. Um, but that reading fiction in the nighttime and nonfiction in the morning, that actually comes from Tim Ferriss. Um, yes. And, and he's he like one of the only about... person I watch his YouTube videos. Yeah. And he also says about. Um never reading more than one nonfiction at the same time. Um, and that's something I've, I've implemented now as well. Thanks to good old Timmy. Yeah. I need to do that because I'm very overwhelmed at the moment with the books I'm reading. I'm reading empire land, which is about the British empire and the, like how fucked up that was and the art of thinking clearly and the almanac of Naval Ravikant. Mm. And I had the audacity to start, Tim Ferriss's Tribe of Mentors. Well, that's four. That is far too many. Because I, I just think, it's not going in. Yeah, I think um, I love Tribe Tribe Mentors and um, Tools of Titans. I think mm. they're they're not too because it's more interview based, isn't it? They're not too like you don't have to think a huge amount, but it does yeah. get you. It still gets you quite amped up. I definitely find that those yeah. books get me pretty fired up and, and ready to do stuff. Yeah. What what's a very weird thing? Obviously I have come back to England now. Um and I can get weed without getting my hands chopped off. The other day I was just stoned. I was like, I just want to start a book. I started tribe mentors and I was like, this is great, but I need to switch something else. I've read like three or four different like sectors of three different books. And I was like, this that was so pointless because that is not gonna stay in my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very, very pointless. But I had a good time doing it and could have been worse could have been a lot worse um before we wrap this up i want to talk about something that you you might not want to talk about it <laughs> you might want me to edit this out but uh i don't know where this talk, i don't know where this is going <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about you fancying your therapist me fancying my therapist well so this i don't know <laughs> so this came from an episode that i did with a guy about fancying his therapist. Um, but I don't think I've ever actually fancied the therapist. Um, so <laughs> I think, I do think it's, it's an interesting I you topic. Had. I'm sorry. No, you've dropped, you've dropped me right in it, but no, I, I, th I basically, I think there is a bit of a, it's a really interesting assessment of masculinity. If we're going to go down this, this rabbit hole, because I think for so many men, therapy yeah. is the first time that, um, someone you feel comfortable in vulnerability with someone and comfortable sharing and someone actually holds that space effectively for you rather than telling you to man up or just like push your emotions emotions down so i think um affection yeah. or fancying someone is a natural byproduct of someone actually doing that for you and we're just not used to it so that's what came out it was oh i've forgotten his name sam portland was a guest on my show and he said like it was this 70 year old woman and he just felt attracted to her and i was like yeah well we we know why that is because she actually held the space for your emotions so um yeah that was not me but but a, a good guest of mine do you think then right let's 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 get into this when somebody holds a space for you do you think you automatically become attracted to them friend or not friend because 
I think as soon as someone opens themselves up to you as, as a place in which you can go to, you instantly, and maybe it's like a Freudian thing, because you're like, oh, this person's really kind to me. And I'm like, I'm very nice to people, right? Or I'm very kind to people that I want to be kind to. And some people got their wires crossed in terms of like my intentions of being kind. And I think it's because I don't think girls are actually used to having a, a male hold that space for them, that emotional support, that someone they can go to like just for an ear or for advice. What's your stance? It's, Where, it's a really good, have you had really that? Good question. I, I, I've had some really interesting conversations recently, uh, sort of around this, around whether um, there can ever be truly platonic friendships between um, people of different sexes if they are straight. Um, and I yeah. don't know necessarily what my stance on that is quite yet. Um, or I don't, I definitely don't have like a definitive stance on it, but I think as far as the space holding question goes, I think potentially more commonly when a woman holds space for a man, I, I know plenty of female friends of mine who are very nice. And as a result, get, you know, guys coming onto them all the time just because they're friendly and it gets confused as flirty. And I think that's on men yeah. to kind of, get get over that fact that just because someone's being nice to you it doesn't mean they they want to sleep with you um and i do i think as you've said what like it, it can <laughs> sorry to break it to you guys um, <laughs> um uh, but i definitely obviously it happens in reverse it's not a gender specific thing um so yeah i do think there mm. is a, a realistic sense that maybe and and it might i think it comes back to your uh, potentially not to dive into trauma at this stage in the conversation, but like if you have a bit of a wound from mm. childhood um, around maybe your needs not being met in terms of emotional space holding, then p potentially when someone mm. does hold that space for you and they be that a man or a woman, there might be an element of like, fuck, like even if it's not lust, just like affection where you're like, this person is amazing. I love that. Um, so I yeah. think that's probably what's going on there from, from my take at least. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I just, I, I think it's interesting because I've definitely recognized more people being open to me as a person since I've taken an interest in like what goes on with people emotionally or like, I'd rather know how someone's feeling than what they've done in the last week. I'd rather know what their like goals and aspirations are than like, oh, fuck no, something that people chat about all the time that's really boring. What would you say that, was, that is? I think um, there's empathy in it. And I think it's something as, as guys we're not particularly well trained or well raised in is empathy. Mm. And I, I know f we've, we've kind of talked about introversion, extroversion in the past, and we're, uh, we're probably both quite similar in the sense as slightly mm. ambiverted, extroverted introverts who do need time to themselves to sort of recharge, but do enjoy, you know, big, big conversations with people as well. And for me, I love... Yeah. I, I, I really struggle with small talk and I think that can come across as, as awkward. I think people who are expecting small talk find yeah, me awkward same. because I hate it and I'm okay with that now. But there are points at which I'm like, oh, I don't want to go to that event because it is going to be a case of going around the room and doing small talk and talking about what I do. Um, and so it's just, yeah. I, there's a great quote from uh, Timothy Leary, who was like a big early pioneer of psychedelics. And it, it's a long, long quote, but it ends with um, find the others. And it's all about finding people that you feel like you can have those conversations with. You find the other people that you bond over, you know, the the big questions rather than, you know, who's your football team and, mm. and what's the weather like? And I think that for me has been like, yeah. a, again, the more you do these kind of conversations, this kind of work in mental health, in emotional healing, whatever you want to want to call it, um, you meet people of a similar mindset and again it's that law of attraction element where you like meets like and like attracts like and you find the others 
So you could say that your vibe attracts your tribe. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dignify that with a response. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I think it's it's a good place to round it off there. Jamie, where can people find you? Um so if you if you're thinking breath work, um then I'm on Instagram at the underscore breath underscore space or www.thebreathspace.co.uk. Um man down podcast uh at Jamie Clements underscore on Instagram for sort of podcasts and mental health related and personal life shite um and that's probably it i'm i'm on i'm on clubhouse a lot at the moment i really love this new app that some people really hate yeah you Um, really are aren't you i love it (laughs) (laughs) i love it i see it all the time it's like jamie clements on clubhouse i'm like honestly wish jamie clements and clubhouse would fuck off (laughs) (laughs) i've had i can think of anything worse than clubhouse mate (laughs) <laughs> mate it's, it's I your i tell you what it. it's your tribe it's i know honestly but... mate honestly it's it's audio only it so go. people don't have to see your face and like i'm i'm on a panel like i've been on you saw the lineup that i'm on today for this wellness summit mm. like dr chatterjee um yeah. some incredible people that I would never have, and this is the thing, the connections that you can get through that. Like I ended up on a panel with the CEO of the app, Calm, um, chatting about breath work and like, there's so many cool, interesting people on there. Um, authors, like I really, I said this to you before, I, I, I think you need to, you need to join the cult. Yeah, I'll give it a go. I'm just like, where's my energy going to be drained the most? I think definitely yeah. Clubhouse, but I'll give it a go because because you said so. So yeah, obviously we know you can find Jamie on Clubhouse. Um, you won't be able to find me there because fuck that. Um, Jamie, I'm going to end with a little speech at you, non-rehearsed, um, of course, just about what I think about what you're doing um, because I very rarely let people like go from like an Instagram to like we've got each other's numbers right and I just want to say that even though we're we're quite similar which would which would point to us maybe clashing or not getting on I just want to say from man to man or from person to person or sentient being to sentient being that I really really like what you're doing and I think you're doing amazing things and hopefully that everyone who's listened to this will funnel towards your content especially the boys that are listening because you need to up the 50% up to at least like 55 um, but yeah you're doing amazing things mate and it's it's clear to see like that new opportunity that you've had come your way the universe is going to conspire in your favour and all of that 10 years of panic attacks will all be worth it very, very soon. So I just like all the best with that new job. I'm not going to not speak to you after this. Like we'll, we'll continue speaking, but um, yeah, you're doing amazing things and it sets such a good example for so many people. Um, and hopefully people can take inspiration from that. And if, uh, if anyone listening does feel like maybe it's time for them to be accountable um, then just take on board what Jamie was saying earlier because it's clear that that's like a really important thing in getting better. So thanks for being an inspiration, brah, basically, if I was going to say it in bro bro speak. Thanks, thanks, brah. Um, no, mate, thank you. Like, I really appreciate you saying that. And um, yeah, it's been it's been awesome to, to connect and it's been a great thing about, you know, the old gram as much as I can slate it. It's, it is a great way to connect with people that are doing cool shit. And, mm. and likewise, like, I love, I love what you're doing. And I had something else good to say. What was I going to say? Yeah. I think on that note, like uh, I've mentioned it a couple of times about just being, you know, just a regular guy. And I still, I will always be that. And I, I don't mm. want to be anything else. And I think from, from the work that we do, the, the reason I, I want people to engage with it is because we're not sitting here saying we know the answers, but we're saying, guys, this has helped us. Mm. Like if, if you want to help yourself, yeah. then you can. Um, and so that's, I guess, yeah, the message I'd like to leave people with, like you can, you can help yourself if you actually want to. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it is, it is a case of actually wanting to. And maybe some people need a little bit more pain before they get to that point, and that's okay. Because when you hit that point where you're going to bounce off of, everything will get loads better. And you might just start a podcast about books or about men's mental health, and you might just think that you're all right as a person. But who knows? But, Jamie, thanks so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure to host you. Um, Alfie Zane. Alfie Dezane, my friend. Well, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I enjoyed recording that conversation. I feel feel a bit enlightened about breathwork now and I think it's something that I'm going to have a go at again. If you want to have a go at it, obviously you know where Jamie's details are. It's Jamie underscore Clements. Jamie Clements underscore, sorry, on Instagram and thebreathspace.co.uk if you want to get your hands into breathwork also the man down podcast if you search that on spotify or apple you can listen to jamie waffling some more which would be great but that is it from me if you i mean i doubt it but if you still feel sad after that episode <laughs> you can get therapy head to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read you get 10 percent off your first month there And if you still like what I do by the end of this episode, then head to patreon.com forward slash a need to read. That's just a way that you can support me as a creator, as much as that word makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. But thank you so much for listening. You're all absolute legends. Love you. Bye.